The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series by Mercedes Lackey and Steve Libby, presenting book two, The Hunt, Bombay the Hard Way, part one, written by Steve Libby, read by Veronica Jaguer. From the window of his private jet, one branded with the gentle azure tones of his company, Aqua Pura, Dominic Verdigree VIII stared at the pockets of devastation blackening Mumbai's urban sprawl like sores on a leper. He felt a twinge of something. Compassion, he believed. Best to check. Those poor bastards, he said. Look at that mess. Indians are scum, Kanjar said from her own window seat. I actually feel sorry for them, and yet... His Moroccan bodyguard snorted. And yet you sold their government malfunctioning water purifiers, killing nearly as many people as the Nazis did in their rampage. Oh, right, he winked at her. Which makes my tender feelings of the moment... Sheer, self-serving hypocrisy. Nothing but the best for me. Verdigree signaled for another scotch whiskey. Borovo navigated the aisle with two tumblers in his thick, stubby fingers. He poured Dominic's first. Why is it, Dominic said after sipping, that you help yourself to my liquor every time I'm drinking? The big man grinned impudently, darkening the scar that ran from jaw to eyebrow that was Borovo's reward for a brutal mercenary career. For ten years, Dominic had brought him on virtually every business excursion outside the compound. You're a smart man, Dom. I want folks to think I'm a smart man. I imitate the best. A child's wisdom. When will you make the painful evolutionary leap from mere imitation to genuine manifestation? Borovo shrugged and leaned an elbow on the seat back, perfectly balanced despite the bucking floor of the jet. Ain't had no need yet. I still got you, and your fantastic booze. I think I spend more on liquor to slake your thirst than I do on your salary. Then you ought to give me a raise. Verdigree burst out laughing. Sir, you have bested me. He toasted his enforcer. If all goes well today, I'll double your wages. Darling... Kanjar glared at him with hot, hooded eyes. What about me? Oh, yours too, my utterly endearing bigot. You'll sing a different song about the Indians when we're through with them. I doubt it. Nevertheless, the deadly metahuman looked pleased. Borovo finished off his whiskey. Thanks, boss. But the job's easy today. You and the Ivo brothers take a bow with the new purifiers while Kanj and I disappear the whistleblower. Succinctly put, you betcha. So, the raise is nice and all, but you wouldn't offer it unless you expected trouble. Nonsense! How can anything go wrong? Manjapu is under lock and key at R. Singh's domicile. The big man pursed his lips and considered this. But you brought the robot. 
"'Yes, indeed,' Verdigris said, nodding solemnly. "'I brought Howdy.' Borovo stood and flexed his beefy arms. "'Good. A man likes to earn his pay. I'll tell the boys.' He left Verdigree to nursing his whiskey and tracing the paths of destruction through the Mumbai slums. Mere days after the Nazi attack, Verdigree had hit upon this money-making plan while listening to insipid news reporters from CNN bemoan the infrastructure damage to third-world countries. Cities like Mumbai already teetered on the precipice of disaster. Literally half of the city was a slum. All it would take were a few well-placed energy blasts at the city reservoirs, courtesy of the Nazi invaders. If Verdigree had been a vicious monster, he could have engineered it himself with minimal effort, and arranged for the blame to be assigned elsewhere. However, he was a different sort of monster, one who preferred to profit from human misery rather than cause it, not that there was ever any lack of human suffering. Thus he had activated one of his many subsidiary companies, and the identity that went along with it. Aquapura, makers of water purification products, headed by charismatic, and brown-haired, Mitchell Gowans. The brown contact lenses made his eyes itch, and his tongue couldn't resist exploring the jaw prosthetic that subtly reshaped his face. The engineers of his financial camouflage huddled together in the lounge of the plane, poring over documents. Verdigree unbuckled from his seat and joined them. "'Gentlemen, we are minutes from landing. I trust our paper trail has been swept up?" The two lawyers gave him beautiful, serene smiles. The Avil brothers, Eves and Emile, grew up rich in Bangkok with the goal of realizing the standard punchline about lawyers, sharks, and professional courtesy. Products of a French father and Thai mother, their mixed Asian-Anglo features took the best of each race and mixed it together into a handsome cocktail that knocked ladies' socks off and made men feel inadequate. Except for Verdigree, who paraded them around like a pair of trophy hookers. Oh, my. Yes. Yves Evol could have made a fortune on phone sex lines, so mellifluous was his voice. Between Hazelton Purifier Supply and you— there are no less than six imaginary men and their holding companies, and a dozen records clerks who have been bought off or extorted into cooperation. Not only will they stifle an investigation, they will alert us to the slightest sniffing. We are utterly secure. Emile inclined his head in silent acknowledgment of their machinations. Vertigree always suspected that he was the real brains behind the brothers, though the man let his older brother do the speaking. "'Not yet,' Verdigree said, raising her finger. "'Borovo and Kanjar have the last bit of wet work. "'You two are with me for the handshaking and back-patting.' "'It is the glue that binds our work together.' Emile gathered the papers while Eves displayed a text message on his phone. "'Mr. Singh awaits us at the gate.' Verdigree returned to his seat and buckled up. He turned back to see Borovo, Miss Jones, Aunt's Pants, and Wit climbing into their seats, all smiles. His team. His people. Their excitement over the job fed into his own. He had known a few Mafia bosses in his time, as well as some mercenary captains. Verdigree had learned from their hiring mistakes. For all of their talk of family, 
mafiosos constantly schemed against each other like teenagers in high school. Mercenaries were, by nature, needy, requiring constant raises and bonuses to sustain their loyalty, like credit cards. His own team, on the other hand, were carefully picked for compatibility, just as if he were stocking an office with staff. Each one was a master of their deadly craft. Borovo specialized in modern weapons. Miss Jones favored silenced pistols and stealth kills. Wit liked to beat opponents senseless with his strength and training. Antony, Ants Pants Pantalakas, had studied chemical explosives since he was a boy. Verdigree had given his Ants Pants' son a little chemist science kit for his fourth birthday. As the boy's godfather, he could do no less than encourage him to follow in his father's footsteps. This one's a walk in the park, folks. In other words, burn every bush and shoot every squirrel that looks cross you. If we bring our game, we may not need to use it. Boring, Miss Jones said with a pout, evoking Hollywood gangster gun malls. Someone's spoiled, Witch hoiled in his mountain man way. All she needs is an assassination now and again. Typical woman. Miss Jones made a gun out of her fingers and made a pop sound. I'm coming for you, Grizzly Adams, and your little bear, too. The island's too hot for a bear. The pilot announced the final descent. Within minutes, the jet pulled into the gate of the private airport. Verdigree hummed to himself and straightened his cufflinks, trying to get into the mindset of dealing with politicians instead of good, honest killers. Sing, he recalled, kept a teenage mistress from another case in an apartment. Verdigree also had some blood, hair, and semen samples from the man, taken without his knowledge, that would be useful if Verdigree had to pin a crime on him. Something involving sex. That always spooked Hindus and got their dander up. Verdigree could crush R. Singh's political career with a phone call. That would make dealing with the man much, much easier. A blast of hot, humid air washed over them as they descended the metal steps to the steaming asphalt. It was Mumbai's way of welcoming and warning visitors that they had arrived in India. Attendants swarmed the plane to carry luggage off, but Ant's pants chased them away from the crate that housed Howdy. With the care of a parent, he maneuvered the bombcat up the ramp, lifted the crate, and backed down to the tarmac. A van awaited them. Ant's pants deposited Howdy in the back causing the suspension to groan. He caught Verdigree's eye and gave him a thumbs up. A conservatively dressed man in a turban waved them from the hangar. Verdigree returned the wave. Mr. Singh. He strode forward and seized the Indian official's hands in an enthusiastic grip. At last we meet in person. The pleasure is entirely mine, Mitchell, my friend. Singh had the clear skin and jowls of a man who ate well in the presence of starving people. I cannot tell you how joyous it is to welcome you to Mumbai. Although our visit marks the conclusion of our arrangement, I like to think it's the start of a long-standing friendship. Verdigree grinned at him. And how is our guest? Singh lowered his voice. Quiet and uncommunicative, I am sure he suspects the fate that awaits him. Why, here's that fate right now. Mr. Singh, please meet my bodyguard, Kanjar. Singh bowed to the metahuman, who pretended not to notice him. 
Verdigree allowed the moment of awkwardness to hang in the air until Singh squirmed. Don't mind her. She's overcome by excitement about being in India. When the time comes, Kanjar is as deadly as the knife she's named for. Isn't that right, dear? Kanjar ignored him, arms folded, her attention elsewhere. Splendid! Help Borovo sort the baggage, will you? Without a word, she left them. Mute? Singh asked. No, just hates Indians. I don't get it. You people all look alike to me, but she's a terrible snob. And also a metahuman, so I suggest you grin and bear it. Singh's breath caught in his throat. Metahuman? You never said. Nope, I sure didn't, and neither will you. Nothing screams corruption like a government official cavorting with foreign matters, so keep it tucked under your turban. He put his arm around Singh's shoulders and guided him towards the gate to the airport. I trust you've reviewed my lawyer's paperwork? Every word. I trust you, in turn, have eliminated every possibility of a curious soul learning who really authorized the first shipment of purifiers. Indeed, you betcha. Any would-be Sherlock Holmes would be stymied at every turn and, if necessary, threatened heartlessly. Meanwhile, if you get cold feet or an attack of conscience, well, let's just say your predilection for underage girls won't sit well with the Indian public. Singh choked. My, what? I assure you I have no such. Verdigree cut him off with a rough squeeze of his arm and spoke in low tones. I know you don't, but I can make it stone-cold reality if you cross me for any reason. So let's just avoid that contingency with careful planning and meticulous execution, like you've surely implemented with the detention of our Mr. Manjapu. Tell me I'm right. You... you are right, of course, my friend. Then there's no need for me to meet this wretched person, because that would be one more unnecessary link between me and his soon-to-be-disappeared ass. Right. Uh, yes, right. Verdigree gave him a grin devoid of any menace. Then how about a tour of this trash heap you people call a city? It'll help me pretend to give a damn about the human suffering those bad, bad Nazis have caused. R. Singh's estate was a marked contrast to the shanties of the Mumbai slums, which he was currently escorting Verdigree around when Kanjar and the team arrived at the front gate. Armed paramilitary guards waved them through without checking their identification. They passed bubbling fountains, a sculpture garden, and a cricket green before they came to a halt in the circular drive before the colonial-style entryway. The oppressive heat they encountered in the slums now seemed luxurious, almost recreational. Only eight guards outside, Borovo rumbled as they shouldered their gear bags. Singh must be well loved. Or greedy and vain. He spends more on ostentation than he does on protecting it. Kanjar slipped out of the front seat and scanned the grounds. The grassy lawn was penned in by a tall iron fence with mounted security cameras. No kill points. All wide open. Then we'll enjoy Mr. Singh's hospitality indoors, Ant said. He checked the remote switch on Howdy, 
fully unpacked and bunched up in a fetal position. The seven-foot robot looked as if it were a petulant child, sulking in the back seat. He closed the van door on Howdy, but left them unlocked. The five strode onto the porch. An official welcomed them at the door with a bow. Singh's foyer was no less impressive than his grounds. Marble columns, an original Kandinsky, twenty-foot-high potted palms, and a dozen serving staff with folded hands and attentive faces. The house of Singh howled with opulence as only a third-world kleptocrat's abode could. Kanjar scowled. "'You there,' she said to the official, a small nervous man with a fleeting smile. "'Dismiss your staff. We are not dinner guests.' "'I was under the impression—' He gestured helplessly at their bags. "'Shut up. Take us to meet our friend.' She pointed at the staff. Get back to work, all of you. The servants dispersed with eyes averted. The official spread his hands over and over and stammered. Kanjar silenced him with a glare. Idiot. How many witnesses do you want? She shoved him forward. Get moving. While Ansem Borovo remained in the lobby, the terrified man led the rest of them past the kitchens to a stairwell leading down into darkness. They pushed past him without waiting for the light. When he flipped the switch, the flickering fluorescence revealed a cavernous basement storage area and wine cellar. He led them past the boxes and the pipes and vents and furnaces to a narrow steel door. A tired guard came to attention as they approached. "'How is he?' the official asked. Sir, he has been awake for several hours. He is quite upset. Kanjar pushed the official aside. Has he injured himself? The guard blinked. I, I don't believe so. Open up, then. As the guard fumbled for his keys, Kanjar closed her eyes and took a deep breath. The sharp angles of her face softened. Her hands became smooth and undefined. To the untrained eye, she seemed to revert ten years in age. Miss Jones stepped forward. Can't. You okay? We must not leave any marks on Manjapu. Let me handle him. Miss Jones shrugged and opened her black bag. She removed a long, slender syringe and a vial of clear solution. With practiced movements, she filled the syringe and eliminated air bubbles. I'm ready. Inside the room, a tall, broad-shouldered man watched them from a cot. He wore a tuxedo, though he had loosened his bow tie. His gelled hair stood up in wild tufts from being run through by anxious, frightened hands. Despite his fear, Vijay Manjapu spoke to them in a clear, commanding voice of a natural leader. You had better come with water or an explanation. Kanjar looked over her shoulder. "'Fetch him water,' she told the official. He turned to the guard, but she snapped at him. "'You do it, imbecile.' Then she stood before Manjapu with hands on her hips. "'Have they harmed you?' "'Except for my trust in humanity? No. I expected I was having tea with Singh. His manners are to be faulted in this case.'
Kanjar considered this for a moment, nodding to herself. At last she took a deep breath. Mr. Manjapu, you appear to be less stupid than your brethren, so I will be honest with you. We have come to kill you. Manjapu gaped at her. You're serious? I am. To all appearances, your death will be a suicide. You are to be linked to the water purifier scandal, which you worked so hard to expose. Miss Jones and Wit crowded into the tiny cell. Upon sight of the syringe, Manjapu flinched. Oh, my God. Kanjar held out a palm, into which Wit deposited two sheets of paper. She handed the first to Manjapu. My next stop will be your own house. In a fit of despair upon finding your dead body, your wife will smother your infant son and then take her own life, unless you write a suicide note that addresses these bulleted talking points to my satisfaction. Take your time. Manjapu scanned the list, eyes bulging. But this documents every crime Singh has committed. Exactly so. You will admit collusion in the purchase of the defective water purifiers, and in exchange I will spare your family's lives. Do you prefer black or blue ink? On cue, Wit held up two pens. Manjapu looked from the pens to Kanjar's impassive face. His demeanor had crumbled from defiant to beaten in minutes. Blue, he whispered. Good choice, Wit said with a boyish grin. He gave him the blue pen. For ten minutes, Manjapu composed his final words to Kanjar's specifications. Wit interrupted him with questions. How old your son? Eight months. Ah, kids are cute at that age. Little burritos of joy. They have burritos in India, don't they? No. How about pita bread? A little pita pocket of joy. Kanjar let Wit ramble on. She tapped her radio. Ants. Report. Qu quiet so far. You want me and Borovo to take a little walk? She chewed her lip for a moment. You'll be seen. Best to stay inside. You got it, boss lady. Manjapu scrawled in shaky Hindi, which Kanjar felt was appropriate for a suicide note. She motioned for the official to come join them with the water. He crept into the cell with the reluctance of a child peeking into a cemetery. Read what he has so far, she said. Don't touch the page. Just read it aloud. The confession dwelt on character flaws, selfishness, regret, and shame. It called to various Hindu gods for forgiveness. Kanjar secured another blank sheet of paper and took the note out of Manjapu's hands. Write it again. No codes this time. His eyes went wide. I included no such code. I, I swear upon my family name. Then you won't have a problem writing a second draft. The man sagged. Under Kanjar's stern auspices, he had already begun to die. Once called Bombay, 
Mumbai was the capital of the state of Maharashtra and the sixth most populous city in the world. It was a study in brutal contrasts. Nearly 50% of the population lived in shanty towns and slums, yet the glamorous stars of Bollywood paraded in front of the historic Regal Theatre for their movie premieres. The entire city seemed to be constantly on the move, circumventing the damage the Nazis caused to the railway as best it could. Many residents, too poor to own cars or live near their jobs, spent hours every day on the few remaining trains and buses. The rest rode bikes or walked. Singh's limousine plodded through the densely packed streets of the major financial district. He pointed at the headquarters of various international corporations, each building more elaborate than the last, like iridescent insects feeding off the blood of a filthy, mud-spattered beast. Verdigree yawned and didn't try to hide it. "'It looks like every other city,' he said. "'You're boring me.' "'My apologies,' Singh said anxiously. He barked in Hindi to the driver, who abruptly changed lanes and hammered on his horn. "'Now what are you doing?' "'Taking a shortcut to the luncheon,' Singh said with a smug grin. "'We'll be dining with several of Bollywood's most famous actresses.' He began to list them, but Verdigree cut him off with a wave. "'Spare me. I'm not here to be your networking trophy. Let's hit the sticks.' "'Excuse me, sir? Take me to your tired, poor, yearning to breathe and drink free.' Verdigree relished the alarm creeping across the man's face. Show me the shanty towns. But they are not safe. Banditry is rampant. Looting, riots, kidnappings. If you insist on going, I shall call for a police escort. Wimp. Don't you want to pay a visit to the folks we're saving from disease and death? Singh shook his head emphatically. Not at all. They, uh, lack gratitude at this stage. Why? Because they think the government is poisoning them? Imagine that. Verdigree leaned forward to the front seat. How close is K. Ward East? Per perhaps twenty minutes, the driver said. Drive on, Cato. Pip, pip. Verdigree leaned back in his seat and nudged Singh in the ribs. Lighten up. It'll be fun. The high-rises soon gave way to dingy, graffitied cinderblock buildings and ramshackle huts. Here the activity had ground to a halt. Desiccated Mumbaikers glowered weakly at the limousine from the stoops of their homes. Thanks to the heat, most sat on the sides of the street under the shade of trees or improvised overhangs. Their sunken eyes and gray faces gave heartbreaking testimony to the devastating effect the polluted drinking water was having. You have to hand it to the Nazis. For a bunch of racist nutjobs who've been hiding for decades, they knew just what to hit to bring Bombay to its needs. Too bad restoration of the Bandup filtration plant will be experiencing delays. I was not aware of any... Oh, I see. Dejected, Singh sank into the plush seat. Perk up, old chap. You're in the water purification business now. Bandip is Aquapura's biggest competitor. It is a public utility, not a competitor. I'm surprised at you. It saddens me to hear how self-righteousness from a perfectly good plutocrat like yourself. 
thanks to your lack of ethics, you've already wiped out as many of your countrymen as the Nazis did. Don't tell me you're experiencing a twinge of conscience. Trust me, it goes away with time. Verdigree opened the limousine's minibar. Can I offer you some bottled water? Singh glared at him, eyes black with rage. Stop toying with my emotions. We're just talking, that's all. I actually use a machine for toying with emotions. It can extract all sorts of nifty chemicals from your brain. It has needles. Would you like to see it sometime? Most definitely not. Smart man. Verdigree sipped his water and watched the scenes of desperation roll past. He fastened the lid, rolled down his window, and tossed it at the feet of a mother cradling a dying infant. A dozen people dove for the bottle as the woman reached out for it. Clean water is a right, not a privilege, he told Singh with a vicious grin. Now, we have a ceremony to attend.